This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we're going to look at uh, how to guarantee your child will have a faith. Uh, We're going to answer the question, what do you do if your kid refuses to go to kids group on a Sunday? And uh, we're going to look about uh, disciplining for character, not just obedience. So, hmm. Uh, This week is April Fool's. A day, and I don't know how you feel about it. I am very, very conflicted about April Fool's Day because usually on the internet, companies like make jokes about what they're going to release a new product or something, and then everyone falls for it, and then they're like, aha, April Fool's. And I always get really sad because I think a lot of their ideas are genius. Like when a biscuit company that has cream, you know, sort of frosting, icing in the middle, uh, released that they were going to release biscuits that was only the icing bit in the middle. And I was like, that is amazing. I need it in my life. Then they said no. Or Roku, uh, which is like a, an app for your television, said that they were going to produce socks. That means that there's sensors at the bottom so you can just wiggle your feet to navigate the television so that your hands are free. And I was like, yeah, I need this in my life. And then it was a joke and I was sad. So I always fall for it. Growing up uh, in America, I've been in this country for mm, 17, 17 years now. But growing up in America, uh, April Fool's only lasted till noon then like jokes had to stop. But now I'm beginning to question whether or not that was just something that my school did. Uh, So what is your family tradition of April Fool's? I don't know, but I'd love to hear. You can uh, comment on the Facebook page when this goes up. Anyways, uh, the uh, question that I wanted to start with this week in our our sort of cornerstone section uh, was, was about guarantees. Uh, I uh, was piloting some new sessions for the Parenting for Faith course. Very exciting. Look out for next year. Uh, And I was driving back and forth uh, to the location, which is about two hours. And uh, so I had lots of time to think and reflect. And I was reflecting on one of sort of the foundational beliefs that we have about Parenting for Faith. And it's about guarantees. I don't know about you, but we, I think we all want guarantees. You know, if I, if I do this, then this will happen. Uh, particularly with our kids, it would be so great if we could, if we could have a guarantee that if I parent this way, then they will absolutely turn out, uh, in this way. It sort of gives us a sense of control. You know, we want our kids to know God and it's, it's easy to want to find the tool that is absolutely going to guarantee and deliver this faith for our children. And so we can uh, begin to think that if I become good enough at using that thing, then we can absolutely guarantee our children will walk in faith. Uh, so I guess the question then arises, if you parent for faith well enough, if you use all the tools that we talk about, if you read all the books and if you go to the course, does that guarantee that your child will have a lifelong, ever-flourishing faith? And the answer is no, because we don't control our kids, unfortunately. (laughs) Our kids are their own people, and they make choices and decisions and are on their own path. And and becoming a, a parent and learning tools isn't 
isn't really about learning how to control our kids better. Because there isn't much that we do in parenting that we can guarantee our kids will pick up and replicate exactly the way we want them to. Wouldn't it be great if we tell our children, please fold your clothes in this exact way, that they're like, oh, I understand now. I will forever and always do it exactly that way. But there's very little in parenting that we do that absolutely our children instantly pick up and forever will do that thing. That that isn't really parenting. Our children aren't our robots or building projects. Um, and that can fill us with fear because the, the thing we know that is most important to our children's emotional and personal health and to their life's journey, which was what we would say is faith, is something that we can't guarantee they will have. And that makes us incredibly insecure. And it's okay to feel that. There are no guarantees. But that's because that isn't our job. Our job isn't to parent to guarantee our kids will turn into who we want them to be. Our job is to, when it comes to parenting for faith, give our kids tools and community that they need to access God and walk with him. Uh, Our job is to give our kids space and time to explore and grow in their journey with God. Our job is to walk alongside our kids, encouraging them and helping them to take the next steps as they're ready. What they do with all of that that we give them is up to them and God. Their journeys may look up and down, but that foundation that we lay in their child and teen years is vital. 76% of current people who are practicing Christians say that they became to faith before the age of 18. That means if you look around and and you look at a room of of Christians, 76% of them say they became a Christian or learned how to walk that faith before the age of 18. Now, that doesn't mean that the road has been smooth, but it means it's significant. When we look at the, the numbers of hours that we have with our kids, you know, and if they come to church every Sunday, we get 52 hours with them a year. If they live in our homes full time, we get two to 3,000 hours a year with them over a year. That's a year's worth of Sundays each week in your home. A year's worth of Sundays each week in your home. That That is astonishing to me. Um, now, that doesn't mean we're doing church 52 hours a week, but it, it means that the environment they are in and the conversations that they have with us and the atmosphere we create in our home and the conversations we have and the tools we give is hugely impactful. There is no guarantee, but what happens in the ordinary matters It builds normal. It creates patterns. It shapes how our children understand the world and find their place in it. When we proactively parent for faith, we are giving our children what they need to flourish now and in their future. We are helping them try it out and find how it fits for them. And like all other aspects of parenting, we see how it turns out. Except that we have a powerful partner. We have a God who goes with them and speaks to them and encourages them and reminds them. Our job is to do our part, to give our children the most opportunity to learn and experience. We introduce them to someone to journey their lives with, a a God who loves them, and we give them a huge pack of understanding and experience and tools for them to pull from as they go out into the world. And we keep doing it their whole life. 
So whether your kid's two months old or 25 years old, let's parent them for faith to the best we can with what we have today to do our part in God's great plan for our children, knowing that there is no guarantee for how they will choose to walk that with him. And I just wanted to pray for us because I, I, I feel so often that the fear and worry and stress can climb onto us. So I just want to quickly pray for us. God, I thank you that you want a relationship with our kids more than we want you to have a relationship with them. I thank you that you are with them as they wake up and as they go to school and as they go out into the world, that you are committed to an eternity long journey with them. And God, I thank you that you have invited us to be a a, a part of your great plans for our children's lives. And God, I pray right now that you would remove all fear and stress and worry from our shoulders, the desperation to do everything perfectly so that we can guarantee our kids will have a faith. God, I pray that you would release that from our shoulders and our hearts and fill us with your peace and purpose, that we may faithfully do what we are called to do with the best that we have today, knowing that your strength will cover our weaknesses and that your heart is for our children wholeheartedly and for us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are at the beginning of your journey and and you want to know how to get started on Parenting for Faith, go to the parentingforfaith.org website and start with our key tools. There's a course, there's encouragements. But just for now, know that that you are enough in your journey and commitment to helping them on their faith journey is a powerful thing. This week's question is about children's ministry on a Sunday morning, and should we force our kids to go? Uh, The question we received was uh, that a parent uh, who has um, children in primary school age uh, says that her kids uh, have just been pretty much going off the kids group and wanting to not go to kids groups, but stay with them in the main service. Um, is the best place for my kid in children's ministry? And should I make them go is the question. And I completely, completely understand this stress because uh, I was children's pastor for many years and I know how much effort and prayer and, uh, and shaping goes into a good children's ministry on a Sunday. And we want our kids to access that as parents. We want them to go to a place that we know will be age appropriate and targeted for them and help them connect with God in a way. And so if you have a church that has good kids groups, you want them to go. I totally understand that. Uh, And sometimes it's because not only do you want them to have age appropriate time, but you want your headspace to do age appropriate time uh, for you and to grow in that. Uh, And so our instinct can be, oh, now we need to get involved in fixing the children's groups or now we need to go with them into children's groups. And it feels like a lot of effort to fix this problem. Um, So I just wanted to say, I guess, is that um, I think internally sometimes we feel that there's a primacy on kids' groups that, you know, they, they do offer a lot. They offer peers and they offer targeted teaching and fun, but but a kids' group on a Sunday morning isn't the most important thing for children to engage with. The most important thing is that every Sunday a child connects with God and connects with others. And uh, where that happens is is up to you and them. If your kid is in a season where staying with you in the main service is what's next for them, then that's that's okay. That's completely, absolutely fine. What is really helpful for you to do is to uh, sort of get your brain on about what that looks like and how to facilitate that. Um, 
So we talk about the six-stage circle a lot. And if you want to know more about that, uh, you can definitely go on the website and uh, and type in six-stage circle, and, and you should be able to find it quite quickly. Uh, we talk about uh, sort of discipling your kids in this. And if your kids are going to stay in the main service, uh, don't just feel like you're like, oh, man, now they're just attached to me like a limpet, and they're going to be complaining, and it's just going to be awful. But you really use it as something that's a powerful time for you and them. So uh, the six-stage circle, uh, the first stage is to model it. And so if your kids are staying in, that doesn't mean that you need to become focused on them. Absolutely feel free to connect with God and listen to what is being talked about and let your heart engage and be challenged and and connect and in all the ways that you would had they not been there. Because one of the most important things you can do for them is show them how important your time in church is and how it impacts you. So uh, absolutely don't don't feel the need to focus on them, but 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 really say this this time is for me and God. And so I'm going to focus on that and show them what it looks like. The second stage is to frame. And uh, don't forget to, to whisper to them as it goes through what is going to happen in the service. And, and you know, whisper to them about this is, you know, they're going to talk and, and this is our way of learning. Or uh, people, you, you look around, you can see how people are listening, not just to the person who's talking, but listening to God. Because when we hear things that are teaching, it sort of pokes our hearts and makes us think. And God reminds us of things. And we are thinking about our lives and God is reminding us of things as we're listening to the person from the front. And that's what's going to be going on in my head while I listen. And uh, just begin to, to sort of shape for them what happens. Equip them to engage with it. Sometimes they need help with how to listen to a sermon because it's a lot of words. And so you can uh, suggest to them, you know, you can write notes about the main thing. That's what I do is I write down, you know, the three things I want to remember. Or you can invite them to read their Bible, you know, whatever the guy's preaching on, uh, feel free to read your Bible along that. Or uh, when the preacher is, is drawing, uh, when the pe- preacher is talking, uh, you can say that as she as she's talking, feel free to draw a picture of just what you and God are thinking about. Uh, you can encourage that kind of passive engagement. That's absolutely fine. If they consistently don't want a kids groups, so let them come with a pack of how they want to engage with God during that time. It's absolutely okay. Uh, once you've modeled in a uh, framed and equipped for them, you can create opportunities. Every Sunday, you can say, do you want to go to kids group or do you want to stay in the main session? It's up to you. You can create boundaries for them. Uh, it's really important that you give them those boundaries to say, you are welcome to stay in if you're struggling uh, to be in kids group and that's just not where you want to be right now. But uh, feel free to stay. But if I see your body struggling to control yourself or if you're struggling to control your voice, then feel free to go to the kids group because this is a time for for my heart to connect with God. And uh, you're more than welcome to be here. But if you're struggling uh, to be here, then you always have the kids group to go to. So I'm going to expect you to monitor yourself well. Or uh, you can say you make a decision and you stick with it in or out. Or you can uh, make any expectations clear that you want. But giving them boundaries is a really useful thing for you and them to know. And then feedback. Make them part of the feedback process that you do when you leave church. And you're like, oh, I really enjoyed that sermon. Or what did you think of that story? Or uh, I was really challenged by that. You know, what did you think? And, And make that part of the feedback process of how they engaged. And did that work for them? And what would they change next time? to help them engage more. Uh, this is 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 just a season. And so if your kids don't want to go out, um, you can engage with that and try to make that work. But um, also you can use it to train them how to be part of church because one day they won't have kids groups anymore and you are laying the foundation for them to enjoy and be present in 
a church service. And that's a powerful thing, too. I also want to say uh, I can hear your souls of the parents of under threes and fours uh, going, but my kid's so small, that won't work for them. And I hear you uh, when you have a toddler and say you don't have kids groups or something. That's another thing. And in episode 28, we're going to go into what does it look like if we have no uh, children's ministry for under threes on a Sunday morning? How do we do that? Well, so that's that's going to be a different podcast segment, but I hear you and it's coming. wildcard section, I just wanted to reflect, I guess, on discipline. Uh, We often in Parenting Where Faith don't talk uh, about discipline a lot because we really want to be focused just on on helping you grow in confidence uh, to help your kid connect with God and meet and know him. But spiritual parenting sort of bleeds into every aspect of our parenting. And uh, I was recently talking with two parents uh, who have children in two different schools, uh, but recently in the past week have had a sort of similar experience with their children, which is that uh, their children both got in physical altercations at school, some, a shoving match and some skinned knees happened, uh, and both felt obligated to discipline their children for using physical violence. Uh, but they were really chewing over what what that looks like for them. And we had a really interesting conversation about it. And I just wanted to share, I guess, my reflections with you. One child who got in the Phil's Girl altercation was big kid, strong kid, uh, child who, who um, felt quite leadery. He was a, sort of the leader of, of his pack. And uh, when uh, when he would get upset or emotional, he, he struggled with language. And so he would tend to quickly go to um, using his body to communicate his emotions and make things happen around him. The other child was quite a shy child uh, and a deeply compassionate uh, child who felt things quite deeply. And, uh, and so therefore... Uh, got physical and tends to get physical in defense of of people of friends and we were reflecting on on whether the the response to that should be the same um you know if depending on what happens you know the the bottom line is the kid was physical and we shouldn't use physical violence and and therefore uh, it, that the response should just be someone got physical and therefore uh, that needs to be disciplined and uh, we were reflecting together about how um god disciplines us and that it's about shaping our character, uh, not just responding to obedience to the rules. Uh, Because of what Jesus did for us uh, on the cross and dying and, and raising again. And we, we live in this grace and this relationship with the Father who disciplines us and who shapes us and promises us that he will daily shape us to be more like him. And we are not finished yet. And and so our characters of compassion and love and power and all the the things that God is teaching us to be children of the kingdom is is the journey that we're on. And what does that look like? How does that impact how we discipline our kids in this scenario? And uh, and so we were just reflecting that actually each parent was going to discipline their children very differently, depending on not only their personality but who they felt. God was shaping them into being. The, the parent who had a child who was a, a strong leader, uh, who was sort of using their physicality to enforce their leadership, uh, 
decided to respond in a way that meant that they were going to sit down and talk with him about the strength of leadership and the strength of power and how they really love how that child um, wants to um, invest in their community and wants to help people know what they're supposed to do and, and likes being a leader. And that is a part of their personality and character that they think God is going to use in the future. But being a leader and being someone who has a strong personality is is really important to learn how to carry their power well. And so therefore, the discipline that the parent is going to give their kid um, was going to be about discussing with them how they're misusing their power, their physical power. They're misusing what it means to have people following them and how important it is that uh, they um, work with integrity and that, that if they go to physical violence, it will encourage others to do that. And then that's not the best way to lead. And, and they were going to talk with their kid about um, how important it is to learn how to influence. And so they were going to discipline on the basis that their child misused the power. And part of the discipline going forward wasn't just restrictions on, on nope, that was a bad decision. But it was about having to, in this circumstance, the parent was going to ask them to have to present three different ways that, um, that this kid could have handled it in a way that would have meant using his power to the benefit of others. And, uh, and therefore they would be released from the no internet for five days uh, once they've served the five days <clears throat> they would be released from uh, their restriction of the internet after five days and after they've given this presentation on what it means to uh, be powerful well and uh, and the three different ways they could have handled it in a way that would have benefited the people around him rather than just uh, using his power. Where the other parent uh, who had a child uh, who uh, was very shy and uh, and deeply felt compassion, that parent was noticing that uh, this child often feels powerless in uh, protecting others uh, because of their shyness and actually <laughs> to, to physically defend uh, a friend who was getting... I guess bullied, who who was being pushed around by a bunch of people, and uh, even though uh, this shy child and their friend said stop, even though the shy child and their friend called for a teacher, uh, this child felt like there was no other choice, and so therefore stepped in and physically defended his friend and shoved everybody else off. Uh, and actually, that parent was like, actually, I want my kid to know that that sometimes you need to protect others with your body and that can be a sacrifice and that does mean sometimes you get in trouble. But in this particular case, I want to say well done for defending your friend. And so we're going to talk about the ethics of that and say it's really tricky and hard to decide what's right and what's wrong and we're going to do a debrief of the situation and see if we could learn some de-escalation other skills. But actually, I, I'm not going to discipline my kid on this because... I think I want to enforce that sometimes that's an okay decision. And it was fascinating to listen that it was the same issue. And yet two parents with two very different children decided to discipline their kids because it was about the development of their character and an understanding of who they are uh, in front of God on the playground and therefore who they are eventually in front of their peers uh, in a job and in front of their families, uh, that their approach was, how do I develop character, the, the godly character in my child, um, rather than, oops, they made a rule break, and I need to deal with it now. So it's. I just wanted to sort of add that in as a wild card question. How are you shaping your kid's character in the midst of 
discipline. And you may agree or disagree with how these parents are choosing to approach it. And I, I don't want this to be about whether or not you agree with how they're doing it. I just I just wanted to highlight to you that actually character development and discipline is something that is something that God does with us and we are called to do with our children. And whether we do it perfectly or imperfectly, it's completely okay. But it's it's a question. What is being developed in the character of our child and how can we partner with God in that? And lastly, a question to start conversation with your kid. Uh, you know the story of Daniel in the lion's den? Do you think he expected to die? Or do you think he expected God to save him? Because I'm not convinced in the Bible either way. And it's an interesting conversation. When Daniel chose to pray to God publicly, did he think that God was going to protect him? Or did he say, I'm going to pray to God publicly knowing that this is going to cost me my life? Interesting. Have a good conversation. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.